Hello. Hi. Welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. I'm Courtney. And I'm Matt. Hey, we talk through the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. We do. Guess what time of year it is, Courtney? Other than snowy season up here. Oh, yeah. Well, it's still winter for us, so... Yes, it is. But it's also (laughs) testing season. Yay! It is testing season. It is. So we're going to talk a little bit about testing. Does testing get lined up with the time change on purpose? I'm going to go with yes. (laughs) I don't really know. It's all a conspiracy. It... Well... That might be part of today's questions. <laughs> might be part of today's. Yeah, so it's standardized testing time. March, April. I don't know why this time of year people choose to test, but we do. So here in the state of Maine, we have, um, to be honest, I've lost track of the name of the test. It's changed. Is it? Is it Empower Me? It's Empower Me. Oh, that sounds so loving. And it, it is. Like, <laughs> Well, it's it's a it's a like a partially the name of the the company that does it for Maine is Measured Progress, so that's where you get the MP and Empower, and the me is Maine. So what is the E stand? Electronic. It's in lowercase, so I'm guessing nothing. Oh, oh no, that's a thing. That remember that used to be like before it was I. Like Ebates. Yeah, electronic. But there is no EPod, is there? They've moved on. Yeah. So. Well, right. no, Apple was like, forget the E. <laughs> I think we're off track. <laughs> we are already. Anyway, okay. So it's Empower Me, which mm-hmm. clearly was branded in a way to make it sound like it's a good thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. All the things in Maine end with me because it just sounds right. But that's another thing. Right? Or Maine, like that, the play on words, mainly Maine. Anyway. Still off track. Come to me and you'll see what I'm talking about. We're back. (laughs) We had two snow days this week. Yes. And one last week. And one last week. And maybe more next week. I don't think so. But Okay. There's a storm coming. Courtney's saying no. Okay. Courtney has evolved into Mother Nature. Evolved? (laughs) (laughs) My mistake. So, yeah, we're on a lot of snow days this year up here. So, anyway, yeah, so... But testing uh, season testing, never ends. Testing season never ends. It's going to start whenever it starts. And for us in Maine, it starts next week. Yeah, no, I think this is a pretty traditional testing time. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, so, the reason why we're talking about this is because what does standardized testing have to do with personalized learning? Well, that is a great question. It is a great. Is it useful at all if you're shifting to the to a learner-centered, personalized paradigm? Does standardized testing fit in at all? And if so, how? And I guess let's talk about what standardized test. Let's define that first. Oh, good call. Okay, because some people are going to be saying, well, of course, like NUIA test is it? It's adaptive. It works on. Oh you know, what yeah, the right. Actually, no, those are standardized tests. No, I don't classify that as sort a standardized of. Yeah, test. but I think some people might. Okay, fair. Because that one happens to be dynamic, so it it kind of <laughs> it's dynamic. It's dynamic. <laughs> so it adjusts to where the kid is, right? Which is kind of what we want to do in in personalized learning, right? We want to we yeah. want to challenge out, them yeah. where they are. Yeah. So the standardized test that we talk about, I think, is more the traditional ones where it's grade level based. Yep. So if I'm a fourth grader, I'm going to take a fourth grade test. Yep. It doesn't matter if I'm academically at the sixth grade or the first grade. Right. Taking the fourth grade test, I'm going to be tested on fourth grade standards, whatever those 
made up things are. Yep. And I'm going to get a report. Yeah. Period. And nowadays, I believe most of the tests, if your state agreed to the Common Core, that's where the alignment yep. comes in. Yep. I, and that's, that's most. And if it's, yeah. not, if it's not that, it's uh, you know, some of the tests that are still out there that I know of are like the Smarter Balance Test, the Park Tests you might be taking. Yeah. Those are all lined to Common Core, yeah, just, just like yeah. the Empower Main one is. So, right. Um, so yeah, so it's all based on grade levels and not really meeting kids where they are. So it's it's measuring something different. Right. Well, so in my head, I was just going, well, that's not actually the, the point of these tests. Right. Is to measure individual kids. So where are you going to go with this one? I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. Okay. Like I think it's a really good topic because I don't, I'm still wrestling with it. Um so some of the spin, while you think about this, some of the yeah. spin that, that we get from our state in particular is it's a way to uh, for educators to adjust their teaching, to see where kids are on those grade level targets so they can you know, help their kid you know, get proficient mm. on those particular targets, which again, it's, it's like teaching to the middle. Right. right. So, well, so it's I, based, there's I a lot. More. Have issues. I think I think most of the kids are going to be Shocker. in the middle. Uh, yeah, that's very true. So most of the kids are going to be like around grade level. That's the hope. That's the hope, right? That's the hope. Yeah, yeah. So, or or I should actually even go further and say that's the intention of the test. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's the intention. But you're clearly leaving out the kids who are advanced mm-hmm. on particular subjects, and it doesn't have to. Yeah. You, you can be advanced in one subject and not the other, obviously. And you can be behind, that's my air quotes, behind right. in other subjects. And that kid could be the same kid. Right. So you could be messing them all up if they're not on that particular grade level. But let's say they are for, they're ahead in math, but they're behind in ELA. And they're ahead in science, but they're behind in phys ed. <laughs> happens, I suppose. It happens. Well, so here's here's kind of one of the, the big problems I'm having with the, that description that you okay. gave, like the spin from the state about why these are useful. Oh, yeah. So, number one, the results don't come back fast enough to actually impact instruction in an immediate, meaningful way. When do they usually come back? At least a year later. If there aren't any, like a year later, right? If there aren't any issues. It's at least the end of the school year. The school year has ended. Okay. So if they're getting better, it's down to like four or five months. Awesome. If there aren't any issues. <laughs> let's, right. not, let's not get into those. But right. Yeah. Well, I, because it's like. It's I, months. It's after. months. It's months. It's months after. So like the reaction in my head when it was like, well, you can use the information to, to adjust instruction is like in the kind of adjustment a giant cruise ship might make like <laughs> like like that's or like you know the death star or like an imperial starship like that kind of adjustment that'll take forever to actually turn something around like that data can't help you immediately and it can't even really effectively help you for the next year I think that Death Star moved actually relatively fast. Well, in reality, it wouldn't. So. In reality, the Death Star <laughs> would not move as fast. No, it wouldn't. Okay, good to know. It wouldn't. Um, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with those intentions. It doesn't. No. It doesn't help us adjust the instruction for particular kids. 
No, no, but even then, even for like cohorts, what happens is war for cohorts. War for cohorts. What what happens is people get all obsessed with um, error analysis or item analysis, right? Right, and going down to see the levels of what percentages of kids got which types of questions wrong, and then you know using that to adjust instruction for next year. But that's ineffective. Also, that doesn't actually help. No because it's stuff that's already happened. Mm -hmm. And when you're, most of the time when you're teaching the next year, when you have that information, you have a whole different set of kids right. who might know completely different things. Right. So it it's more of a an after the fact judgment. Right, right. So like, so what I mean by like changing instruction in a big like, let's- Death star let's, way. De let's U-turn the death star kind of way. Okay. Like, I'm thinking trends over time might be helpful. So if you were consistent, mm -hmm. Lindsay, here's where, at least in our state, this is an issue. If you have data consistently for like five or six years, maybe even 10 years, um, let's go five. That doesn't sound as awful like okay. as to wait for 10 years to try to fix something. But I'm just talking about based on test data. Sure. If you've got data for five or six years that shows a trend that in general, in this particular strand of mathematics or this particular strand of reading, there seem to be issues, then that's a legitimate, but but that's that's you turning the Death Star because that's right. five years defined the issue and then setting an action plan to systematically change, is it the curriculum, instruction, or whatever. Um, so to, to, to use the promise that a test, a standardized test can help improve instruction um, is kind of, it's like a white lie. Okay. Because it can't help you change instruction in a meaningful amount of time. It can't really. And what, what you said a second ago about um, finding those pieces of data that you might be missing something. And I'm not exactly sure if that's if that's a hundred percent right. I think because and right isn't quite the way to, that I'm thinking about it. But I'm thinking about a system like the ones that that we both work in, mm -hmm. where you have a set of learning targets or standards or whatever you want to call them. Sure. And we're happy with those standards. We think those are the best standards targets whatever for our particular kids going through our system, that test may not be oh, judging oh. those particular ones. Right, that's a whole other they, thing. They're doing the grade levels, <laughs> yeah. of course, but if if this test was more of a, a dynamic test, mm -hmm. it'd be a heck of a lot more useful. Because then it wouldn't be stuck on, like if I'm a fourth grader taking a fourth grade test, that's, I could okay. adjust up and adjust down. So how would that, so no, so I want to back up now and, uh, yeah, and because say that that leads to something else. What but. is the usefulness period of Bingo. the standardized tests? Right, it, personalized learning or otherwise. Okay, so what we've talked about so far is we don't think it necessarily is good for individual instruction changes or cohort instruction changes. Right. right? So basically, we're taking the learners out of the results of those right. tests. Right. Agreed. Okay. So what that leads to is you're judging schools right yeah you're trying and really this is what we're coming to yeah you're comparing schools against each other right okay which is 
okay, that seems like an obvious thing to do until you take in all the other factors of schools. Right. 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 Because we clearly know there's more to schools than academics. Mm-hmm. And the people that are in the schools, you have different demographics, for one. That's kind of huge. In Maine, we have very, very different areas of the state. So we have some... Oh, God, that can be true within a district. Within a district. Exactly. I haven't even got that far. Right. <laughs> right? So yeah. in the district that I work in, we've got schools from all over the place, from right. multiple different towns, who are very different amongst themselves. Yeah. So if you're if you're talking just the district, yeah, for we're we're totally different in in our case. In the state, you have some of the some of the more affluent parts of the state, and some very very rural, some very poor parts of the state. Mm-hmm. So which ones do you think are going to do better in those two particular places? Well, it's pretty do, obvious. Do right? I have to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, in any type of situation. That always is a factor. Yeah. We know that the more affluent schools are always going to do better. Right. It, in general, right? That's not specifically yep. oh, down yeah. to specific there schools. Are, but there in are, general, yeah. those are the trends. Yeah. So you can kind of predict where your school is going to end up. Oh, totally. And if we, if we say, okay, so what do we do with the data that we have? You can make those adjustments. You can ch- turn that Death Star around so it's not pointing at Alderaan anymore. Nice. Yeah. And you can make some tweaks, but you can't really make huge changes because, again, the kids are the kids coming in. Right. And if you're grading them at grade level, it's not going to work out so well. Right. So what is the usefulness of standardized tests? Well, as an educator, I don't really see anything <laughs> Okay. How, as all. a district administrator, is there any usefulness to them? No. Wow. Just no. Just no. Just no. There's there's a low. I put a low emphasis in my district on those test scores. Uh, it's something that I have to report to the board, and report to our community, uh, just because I have to. How does the board feel about them? It depends how you talk to them. Okay. And if you talk to them that we are not just about test scores. Yeah. That we are. We are a community, and we're looking for more than just test scores for kids. We want them to be, you know, the sort of the whole child thing. Right. We want them to be, you know, focused on hope. We want those to be focused on when they leave us, are they going to be prepared for whatever is next, rather than did they do great on an ELA test when they were in the seventh grade when they took the, the state test. Okay. It's like that That yeah. part is really irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we want more than that. And the test scores are part of it, and we want them to obviously improve. But are those necessarily the possible ways that we could judge our kids while they're in school and adjust instruction to them? We have better ways to do that. Yeah. And it's a constant talk with our board members and our community about those type of different things that we do. And they usually come around, to be honest. Um, it's, it's a long conversation, but it's not something that doesn't make sense to people once you talk to them. The unfortunate part is the only thing that goes in the newspapers are the state test results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of these conversations go into the newspapers. No. no so no. if you're not talking to somebody in the schools or in the district, you read the newspapers and say, like, oh, my God, that school is terrible or that school is amazing. I should move there. And you don't really see what's actually happening. Yeah, I'm not trying to deflect test scores if they're poor, <laughs> you know, because they they're, they're a data point. Sure. But they need to be put into context a lot. 
and that's that context is where people miss it sometimes. And I think we can do okay. better. I still feel like, oh, I don't know what to think. I feel like, okay, so where I am now with this is I feel like for personalized learning, no, I don't think standardized tests right. are useful in any way. Um, and especially on the individual learner level and the cohort level. Mm -hmm. Like, I really wish the test scores did not get sent home. Yep. I, I, just, I wish that There's too. no point. There's, the test is, it's the, there's, I can't even, like, talk. There's so many reasons why I disagree with that. Yes. Um, but I still We're, feel like in. That's a requirement, by the way. That's why they go home. I know. Yeah, it's not that we choose to. Yeah. We because we'd like to de-emphasize them, and I have to rewrite the letters that go home, not saying all that fluffy spin stuff, but really talk about starting those conversations that your kid is more than a test score. Yeah. This is also what we're trying to do. This is the results of that required state test that your kid took six months ago. Right. So those are required. Yeah. But if that's to be honest, I don't mind sending them back if the letter is adjusted. Okay, I can see that. You know, at least you're starting mm -hmm. the conversation True. with parents that may not, that I may not have talked to, or may not go into the building. Right, all that's the time. a good point. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a, a way in. It's a way in. It's yeah. a way to start the conversation. It's not a happy way in for sometimes, but no. Well, that's but it's a way in. You know, yeah. Like so, uh, I have a son who is in third grade, and so he's taking the oh, MEA first time. for the first time this year. Yep. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> He's going to do just fine. Like, sure. I'm not, what, but, ugh. Okay, but so I still feel like in our current context, and am I right that school performance on these tests is in some way tied to funding? No. Oh, good. Okay, yay. Well, not in Maine. Not in Maine, not right, in Maine. but in some... Yes, that, uh, okay. I, I will qualify that one. I don't know about other states. It, mm -hmm. it may be in, in Maine. No. Yeah. Not when I'm going to put in parentheses, not yet. Because you never know yeah, what, we don't what know people do. Happen. But right now, no, it is, right it is now, not. Right now, no. Okay. So in other states, it may be. It may be. And if it is, please let us know, and we can do a little research and report back. Yeah. Well, I'm, I have lots of questions. Like, why do we do this then? You know where you can put those questions, Courtney? On our parking lot. On our lot. parking lot. I could. We'll get that to later. Yeah. But yeah, there's a million questions about standardized testing. So, you know, basically standardized testing overall is required by the federal government. Yeah, but why? Because they want to see how schools are doing if they're making improvement. Why? Why do you want to make your schools better? No, why does the federal government need to know? Because it's a conspiracy, man. <laughs> uh, they want to know because the federal government gives us a lot of money. And so they want to make sure their money is being spent wisely. So there's got, they, they call it accountability, right? Yeah. So if they're giving us a million dollars, $10 million, half a million dollars, whatever it is, they want to make sure that money is put to good purpose. There's many other questions for that as why is that useful or not, but let's just, let's just, just <laughs> yeah. let's, so for those let's who, I just, good intentions. I just looked off into the, like the kind of near the ceiling and with my thinking face on, which is why Matt just said that. Because I, I was probably about to ask like a slew of questions that just can't be answered. Today. Yeah, they, they really can't be. But you know, there, there was one, th <laughs> as I'm saying that, I'm like, oh God, that's such a stupid answer. But I was also watching a West Wing episode the other day when they were, had a little fight about 
why am I buying a $400 ashtray for my submarine? <laughs> Which was interesting because that's the usual, that's the usual, but yeah. the, the answer was so that the guy took out like a hammer or a wrench or something and smashed it right in front of her and it broke into three pieces. And he says, well, you know, if, if we get into something trouble and it falls off, you don't want all those shards of glass like flying off. So it's designed to break into three large pieces and that's it. That's why it costs 400 bucks. It's like, I've never thought of that before, that maybe there is some intention. I, I, I assume they're not buying those ashtrays they put on submarines at Walmart, for instance. Well, why are people smoking on a submarine? That doesn't sound Different good. question. <laughs> Different question. It was a long time ago. I don't know. Don't they, don't they have vents on submarines and it just goes what? off? No? Not really sure. I don't know. That's not really sure. Oh. Delving into territory we are even less knowledgeable about. So so anyway, let's assume the good intentions they wanna they wanna make sure the money goes to the right places, right? Okay. So we already know, and I'm gonna make some sweeping generalities here, <laughs> that a lot of um, urban urban cities and urban schools don't do as well as some of the suburban ones, some of the rural Well, that's ones. true for rural, too, I think. Sure, for I think rural, you've too. Got the, it's suburban that does. So one of the, one of the things I think about with the, with the urban schools is not that they're necessarily urban. It's that their districts are so large that there's hundreds of schools with thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of kids, and you're, you're trying to run these things with multi-billion dollar budgets, literally billion dollar budgets. Yeah. And so how does that, how does it actually flow down when we know education is really difficult when we try to focus on every kid? So yeah, a lot of times you just try to throw money at it, but you've got schools that are broken. So are we trying to fix those schools? Or are we trying to, you know, part of the reason that charter schools are such a thing is we're trying to close Perfect. all the underperforming yeah. schools and right. turn that into private schools, private charter schools, where the money goes to somewhere else, which we can rant about that all we want because we're big believers in public education. But I think that's, that's, they're not really thinking about us way up here in Maine sometimes. I think they're thinking about, you know, Boston, Houston, Miami. Yeah, I think you're right. Bismarck. Bismarck. Shout out North Dakota. I think it's North Dakota. It better be. Damn it. <laughs> if anybody knows, please tweet at, at me. Matt. Yeah, not, not at the At the MC. Tweet back at me. Just say Matt's a doofus. Matt's a doofus. All right. So I don't know if we really landed anywhere on this. Well, yeah, no, we did. That No, standardized testing doesn't actually have a place in person. No, I don't learning. think it does. No. So we'll talk about next time maybe about things that can fit into a personalized learning place that provides some accountability towards outside interests. Sure. Let's let's do that one. I just made that one up. Okay, but, that sounds really good. But yeah, what can we do to really show that personalized learning actually does actually work? Actually does work. Right. If we can't use the well, you could use standardized testing in theory to show that personalized learning is working if As you have consistent test data for a good chunk of years. That's the biggest problem. Right. Is that people change the tests all the time. Right. Yeah. Instance, so like in Maine, here in Maine, is, yeah. This is the third year in a row we've used the Empower Maine test. So okay. Good. So yeah. now we well, can. Well, that's actually a record for the last. That 10. is a record for the last ten yeah, years. Yeah, we've had a lot of changes, so we're we're trying to fix that. Right. But it's one data point, and you don't judge people 
schools cohorts on one data point you have to have multiple data points and see if the trend is up or the trend is neutral or the trend is down and that's what we can talk about in one of our future episodes awesome so so let's i'm going to try to sum up again so in the context of personalized learning standardized testing has the potential to help with identifying uh success trends yeah um for whole districts over the course of many years. Yes. Period. Okay. Anything else? It's not, nope. It's not useful. So we have a new redesign of our website. Yeah, we do have a new redesign. As we're wrapping up here. So our webmaster has been brilliantly working long hours to change what our website looks like. Oh, yeah. So go and take a look at it. PLearnMC.com. So follow us on Twitter at PLearnMC. You can follow me at EatSleepStats. I'm at BelowLinC. We're on Facebook, PLearnMC. Oh, yes, we are. And we're on Instagram where we don't really do much. We don't do anything on but Instagram. follow it because you never know. We're supposed to have an Instagram. Technically, we do have one. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't do it. All right. We'll talk next time.